This offense is in a lot of trouble. And Stevie, somewhere listening, uh, probably going to join in here in just a little bit. Stevie was right. This defense needs a ton of work. This defense needs a ton of work. They are slow on the outside. They are they're getting zero pressure in the middle. And today, Josh Allen just looked like he was, you know, the best quarterback in the league, best quarterback that the league, that this league has seen in maybe ten or fifteen years. He just looked incredible. He looked like the Josh Allen from last year and not the one from the year before. And we talked about that during the, the pregame show leading into this game. If 2019 Josh Allen showed up and this defense didn't show up and play like the defense we think it is, they were going to get run out of the building. And I foolishly continue to pick the Washington football team to win every single week. I think they're going to be able to do it. I think that's the week. That's the one that's going to, you know, this is how they turn the corner. This is the game that they're going to get right and prove all the doubters wrong. And, you know, every week I, I tend to be even more disappointed than the week before. But we're going to go through it. We have about 40, 45 minutes or so. We're going to go through it. The phone lines are open, 855-908-5668. You can also tweet the show at Defeat the Curse, or on if you're watching on Twitter or on YouTube, you can send comments in there. I will do my best to get everybody that sends anything in, put onto the screen, brought into the show, and we can talk about it. We can all vent and mourn together because it seems like the Washington football team is headed to a disastrous 2021 season. I sat down and watched this game from start to finish. I typically don't actually do that. I, I have a combination of you know YouTube TV and TiVo and other things going all at the same time. And generally, I watch you know some a, a mix of you know for those that have TiVo that still have TiVo, I get killed because I have TiVo. I like TiVo for one specific purpose. It allows me to watch everything thirty percent faster. So yeah, the game kickoff is between one and one o five. That's great. I usually start the game around one thirty, one thirty five. Turn that sucker into thirty percent faster mode skip commercials, and I'm usually caught up either right at halftime or just before, just after halftime. I didn't do that today. I said, you know what? Today's a special occasion. I'm going to sit down. This is the first test for this team against a real contender, no pun intended, in the Buffalo Bills. And you know what? I was excited. I was hyped up. The weather looked good. It was windy. All right, it's going to be a lot of Antonio Gibson. We can get this done. The team is going to come out and play great. They're going to get after Josh Allen on defense. Boy, was I wrong. I was just 100% wrong. For anyone that listened to the pregame shows, we did it in two parts. We had two different sets of guests from Buffalo, and both came in and said the exact same thing. If Josh Allen shows up, the Bills will not lose. Well, he showed up, and the Bills not only won, they won handedly. They, I think they reaffirmed their position as one of the better teams in the AFC. But more importantly, again, I'm a homer. I don't, I don't, I don't hide that. I've never hidden that. Washington's in a lot of trouble. This defense did not play well. The front four did not play well. The linebackers did not play well. The secondary, you know, in spurts, you can say maybe they played okay. They played average, maybe at best. But if you give up almost 500 yards and 43 points, you know what? The team didn't play well, and you can't really isolate one or two things. And we'll, we will try to find some bright spots Special teams look good, I guess. You know, if we're looking for moral victories somewhere out there, someone's going to say, hey, we recovered a weird half onside squib thing. Okay, I mean, that's a nice little story. Okay, you know, Tress continues to be a dominant punter. Great, but is that really the storyline that we want to be talking about after three weeks of football in the NFL for this team? The answer is no. And, and frankly, they had to get this win. The football team needed to get this win to prove that they were a contending team. And if we reset here, before we get into any of the X's and O's or really talk about what Washington did and didn't do against Buffalo, 
we have to just take a step back and say, look, this team is not good. And in reality, although they currently sit at one and two, the one victory happened because of a somewhat fluky, not exact or 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 special. I, I don't know how to exactly describe it. If if the Giants don't jump offside on a on a last second field goal to try to win the game, which we missed initially and then made, we're sitting here at zero and three. No one's listening to this show. No one's watch. No one's watching the Washington Football Team the rest of the way. Look. Diehard fan, yes. Will I watch if they're 0 and 3, 0 and 4, 0 and 5? I will. Will I watch in real time? Probably not. I got kids. Everyone else has other stuff to do. The weather's really nice here in DC. Everybody's walking their dogs. I can hear the birds chirping outside. We get exactly what five, six days of good weather here in DC a year. Then they just happen to be right now or this these next couple of weeks. Am I really gonna stop everything I'm doing to watch this team? You know, lay an egg the way they did today. I don't know. Probably not. You, you hear it on all the sports talk radio shows. You hear it on all the podcasts. Interest just plummets when this team stinks early in the season. And every year for the last couple of years, it takes them. Your one game, two game, five game, six game, seven games to get going. The defense found their stride last year. And again, as we've pointed out on the show, they did it against less than stellar teams, less than stellar teams. I mean, they did it against non-playoff teams. Well, here they faced a playoff team. They faced they faced two so far. Chargers were maybe on a bubble. You can you can you can term it how they want, but the Chargers did some work today, and we can talk about that if we have time, depending on how much you know we get to for this game specifically. Chargers are a really good team. They came into Washington and beat the football team, and we can debate whether it was close or not. It doesn't matter. They lost that game. The Giants they are not a, f- a good football team. They came into Washington and lost, but they barely lost. And we already I just talked about that again. The football team is. One terrible offside play by the Giants away from being 0-3 to start the season. That is not a good look for the football team that is supposed to be contending not only for the division, but potentially to get a home playoff game and maybe even win a game. That's what I said, and I feel very foolish now sitting here hosting a postgame show thinking that this team can somehow play better. I, I don't know how you play better when you're when the pieces you have to shuffle on the board no matter how you mix and match, the linebackers are not going to get faster. No matter how you mix and match, the the contain the, the getting pressure up the middle, you know, against any offensive line is not going to happen. This is these are some big problems that the coaching staff is going to have to figure out. But again, they had to do something. They came out, and we'll, like I said, I'm going to try to go through this a little bit. I'll sprinkle in some comments. I'm seeing some stuff come in um, on Twitter. That's cool. Keep them coming. I'll I'll, I'll try to get to everything as as quickly as I can. You know, but again, football team needed to they needed to win or at least to lose, but look better doing it. They didn't do either of those. We'll go through the box score. We'll talk about it a little bit, but I want to start with something that came out of Coach Ron Rivera's post game presser. Had a little bit of time after the game. I was listening to the contender myself, listening to the to the uh, the Chicago folks do the Bears recap, and and frankly, they're probably the only team worse right now than the football team. But that's for another day, another time, a whole other separate discussion. But Coach Ron Rivera today, post game presser, quote. My fear is when I sit here and watch the tape, sorry, when I sit there tomorrow and watch the tape, I'm going to feel like we didn't learn anything those first two weeks. And you know what, Ron? I think you're going to be really upset with the team, and I think you're going to be right. I don't think we learned anything the first two weeks. This team did not look better in any way, in any meaningful way than they have in the previous two weeks. They just haven't. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Call in and tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm right, or if you don't call in, I'll just assume everybody thinks that I'm right, but I know I'm right. 
the things that they didn't do well against the Chargers, they didn't do well against the Giants, and they did they absolutely didn't do them well today. I, I don't think Josh Allen was touched for the majority of the game. And I even asked this on Twitter. If the quarterback doesn't get touched and the uniform doesn't get dirty, do we bother to even wash it? Like, isn't that wasteful? Are we wasting water and soap to wash a jersey and a uniform that didn't get touched? Josh had almost no pressure the entire game. Maybe one or two things where he runs out of the pocket. He still made things happen. I don't think he was pushed. I don't even think he was pushed out of bounds. I don't think he his knee touched the carpet one time today. And that is a terrible, terrible thing for a defense, a defensive unit that is supposed to be just lights out and all the first round picks and and you know the Alabama wall and yada yada yada. Well, you know what? There was no pressure. He looked unstoppable today. And Bills Mafia, that stadium, that stadium rocks. And man, do they rock hard. Good for them. And good for Buffalo. A couple years ago, you know, wasn't Buffalo threatening to move the team to, to, to Toronto? You know, good for them. Great weather, great atmosphere. Bills Mafia came through. But you know what? Again, I, I'm a fan of the football team. And today I am a sad fan of the football team because, again, they just played terribly. They just played really, really terribly. And Ron, again, that quote from the presser, my fear is when I sit there and watch the tape, I'm going to feel like we didn't learn anything. Well, what what did we... What what could we have done differently, Ron? Right? Why wasn't the team better prepared? You know, and that's one of those little interesting nuggets that I want to talk about. You know, Sean McDermott and Ron, they have a history. They they coach together in Carolina. They know each other. And not like one or two seasons. I think they were on the I, I did a quick check on this. They were they were on the staff. Obviously, Ron was the head coach, but but Sean was on that staff from 2011 through 2016. They they've known each other. They've been friendly. They've 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 gone, you know. I hate this phrase, but they've gone to war together, right? And they and they know how each other, you know, how they operate. So why was Ron out coached today? You know, that that's a that's a big question that that he's gonna have to answer for himself, you know, because the offense didn't look good either. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But you know, Washington traveling to Buffalo looking for their first win in Buffalo since 1987. Well, certainly they didn't get it today. They got blown out 43 to 21. You know, and I, like I said, I'm going to go through some of this. I want to talk. I want to start with the with the team stats, and we're going to look at some of the box scores, and then I'll go. I took a lot of notes. You know, again, I watched the game in real time. You know, first quarter, Buffalo gets the ball. Okay, no problem. Last last two games, Chargers get the ball first. Chargers go down the field and score seventy five yard touchdown drive. Giants get the ball first. Okay, no problem. Giants first drive seventy five yards touchdown. Giants. Okay. Things are going to be different today, right? Buffalo gets the ball. What happens? Buffalo gets the ball. They end up going. Uh, first two plays don't amount to much. I think there was a penalty as well. Washington football team has them backed up deep in their own territory. It's a third and 12. And what happens? Of course. What happens? What happens? They convert it. Stephon Diggs, I think it may have been one of his few catches. He didn't have many today. 15 yards to Diggs. First down. Five plays later. Touchdown, Emmanuel Sanders. So the trend continues. Three weeks, three opening drives, three touchdowns for the opposing for the, for the enemy each and every week. Football team gets the ball, gets the ball back. Weird, weird holding call on on JD McKissick. I didn't understand that play at all. You know, yeah, you're not supposed to. You didn't have to engage. You didn't have to push. The broadcast team said the same thing. You just kind of run and stand. I get it. Kind of ticky tacky, but you know what? It's a flag. Play gets called back. You know, drive stalls. There's nothing really ever, you know, nothing there to say. Second second possession for Buffalo. 
you know, Jamin Davis, I only heard his name called once or twice this entire day. And this was the first time and it was the beginning of the game. And there was one, one other time at, you know, towards the end of the game, but you know, he comes up with a nice big tackle on fourth and two. And again, we'll, we'll talk about some of these stats, but you know, immediately after that to cap the end of the, the, the middle of the first quarter, I guess, you know, Logan Thomas just killing people, man. Fumble trying to make too much happen. Sometimes you just got to get down, you know, and that's the honest truth. Sometimes you just got to catch the ball, see if there's something to be, you know, that extra yard or two, it really isn't going to make a difference. And I know all the football heads, oh, it's a game of inches. Ah, okay, I get it. I get it. But you know what? When you're an average team, sometimes you just need to go down and make sure you don't fumble the ball. You know, and, and again, football team, let's let's look at some of these stats. Let's look at the stats. I'm pulling up the stats right here. Let's let, let's look at these together and see if we can make sense of it, all right? Taylor Heineke, you know, to be honest, I didn't think I was going to go 10 or 12 minutes before, you know, turning my attention to, to Taylor. But you know what? He, he didn't play great. He didn't play great. He played very much like a rookie. And, you know, I saw something that was very smart. Some, somebody put something on Twitter that was smart, and I usually don't say that. If Heineke was our first-round pick, we would be excited about how he's playing. We would be really excited about what he's doing from the pocket, what he's doing with his legs, what he's doing, you know, picking up the offense, et cetera. But because it's DC and we're cursed, hence the name, defeating the curse, we don't do that. You know, we, we're, we're, he's, he's, he's the greatest thing ever one week, and he's the worst thing ever. He didn't play great today. Those two interceptions that he threw came at ba- – they were just bad moments, bad throws, and there's nothing else to say about them. I don't care about the wind swirling. I don't care about the crowd noise. You can't loft the ball to, towards the sidelines, and you can't dart one through the middle. Uh, they, they couldn't have been more opposite. One was literally floated to the, to the sideline, and one was just beamed straight down the middle of the field. You can't do that. These are you're going up against an, a real defense here. This isn't the Giants secondary, even though they played pretty well themselves last week, and they actually played okay today as well. Uh, heartbreaking loss for them if you're a Giants fan, but you know whatever. You can't make those kinds of mistakes if you're Taylor Heineke. You just can't do it. You can't do it, and he made it, and he did it twice. You know his line didn't look very good either. He only completed 14 passes, threw the ball 24 times. You know 200 yards, okay. Like I, I guess no problem. I guess. You know, you know, Gibson, if he doesn't break off that one crazy run, it's a very pedestrian hundred and not even pedestrian. It's just a bad line. Take away, you know, whatever, you know, 210 minus 73. That's a really bad game for a quarterback. It doesn't matter whether you're a rookie or not or or backup or whatever. You you can't have you can't win a game if you throw 150 passing yards. You can't do it. Ironically, there are some you know, some fluky games, fluky wins here and there. But you know what? Those teams have dominant defenses. We don't have one of those. And honestly, I, I got to take a, you know, I, I got I I have to stop calling this defense elite because they're not elite. And frankly, they were disappointing and, and embarrassing. I, I think that's the word we're going to hear a lot in in DC media this week on our show, probably a lot. You know, whenever we end up, uh, you know, back in the studio to do a, a normal DTT, uh, the next DTC show. I think most of the guys are going to come in and say it was just an embarrassing performance. They came out flat. They didn't look good. They didn't look good. You know, Antonio Gibson is going to be one of the bright spots. You know, he didn't run the ball very well. He averaged, what, two yards, two and a half yards a carry. But he did have the long TD run. He showed his speed. He showed it the, 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 the willingness to push and fight and claw for that, for that corner pylon. And he looked good doing it. But he only had, I think, three targets total. One catch, obviously, one, you know, 73-yard house call is great. It's great. We're going to take it every time. But oh my goodness, you, you gotta get you gotta get more. You, you you've got to get more from your running back than thirty yards on twelve carries. You just have to. McKissick looked much better. McKissick looked really good. You know, almost averaging almost eight yards a carry. I mean, he looked good from the first from the from the jump. You know, he, I think he got the first carry of the game. 
actually for Washington and ended up, I think, with eight yards or nine yards on that first carry. So it looked good, you know, but again, the rushing, if you if you look at the team stats overall, you know, Gibson goes 12 for 31. J.D. McKissick goes three for 23. That's good. Heineke goes eight for 22, mostly pressure, mostly on, on his touchdown run as well. And, you know, I, I want to stop and just kind of talk about that run as well because we saw that exact same play, busted coverage, scramble, dance in the pocket, then dart to the pylon against Tampa Bay in the playoffs last January. So it's almost the exact same play. It's the opposite pylon, but it's the exact same play. It's almost as if the coaching staff told Taylor, we don't want you to run. And I don't know why they would do that unless they're trying to protect him from injury or just making sure he doesn't you know, aggravate something that's already there. Maybe, maybe, I'm not sure. You know, that'll be something that'll be interesting to listen to as, as you know, all the players do their pressers and, and the coaches do their pressers and we get some of the, the post-game feedback in real time or, you know, over the next couple of days. But it just seemed like they told Taylor, we, we don't want you to run. And I don't know why you would do that when you have a quarterback who is capable of, of getting outside the pocket and making things happen with his legs. Like, why would you tell him not to run? I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's something more there, but he looked good when he had to do it. So I don't know why you wouldn't call more plays for him. And, and again, the, the two interceptions are on him 100%. There was also a couple throws. There was one throw, uh, I think, late in the third quarter where he threw the ball. He was over the the, the line of scrimmage that got called back. It was a, a chunk play. And then the following play was the the interception. I think he was over the line there too. But, you know, you can't have this many mistakes. One or two mistakes is going to be hard to survive when you're a with a good defense. When you're an average defense, or in right now, if you're Washington, a below average defense, you, you cannot make this many mistakes and intend to win football games. You just can't do it. You can't do it. And I am fearful that Chase Young and that offensive front is when if they're really honest with themselves, if they, if they you know, if they met as a unit, I, I think there is real concern that they can't generate that that magic sauce, that juju that they had last year. There's something wrong with that defensive front. Deron Payne is getting close to zero pressure. Close to zero pressure right now. And that is a big, big problem for this team. Chase Young is getting close to zero pressure on the side. And that is a huge problem. In fact, he he went inside on the Josh Allen run. Josh ran right past him. And Josh, Josh has wheels. So I'm not, not saying, you know, it, it, this isn't, I'm not saying Chase can't chase him down or Chase can't run him down or that, you know, I'm also not saying that Josh is super fast, but he got burned on that play. It, he was supposed to be contained. He went inside instead of outside. And Josh literally just walked, jogged into the end zone, put the ball over the line, celebrated with his teammates and went to the sideline. And that, man, that was, that was pretty rough as well. That was rough to watch. The whole game, honestly, was rough to watch. You know, but going back to kind of the, the, the play-by-play, or not necessarily play-by-play, but by notes, you know, I took a lot of notes. Um, first quarter, again, going back to the first quarter, Buffalo had the ball for almost 12 minutes. That's a long time to have the ball in a 15-minute quarter. That's a really, really long time for Buffalo to have the ball, for one team to have the ball. That's tough. Like, you're not going to beat many teams if you if your offense has the ball for less than four minutes. That's going to be really difficult. Now, the end of the game, time of possession ended up being uh, Washington about 24 and a half minutes or so versus Buffalo 35. I mean, things evened out a little bit. It's still not even, but got a little bit better towards the end. But my goodness, that first quarter, again, if you're a Washington football team fan, which I am, you cannot 
have the ball for four minutes and run what four, four plays and and expect to win a game. You can't do that. You can't do that. And as much as I want to point to the players and say, catch the ball, don't fumble, X, Y, and Z, I'm looking at the coaching staff first. Why can't Scott Turner call a more imaginative game? Why is this offense so restricted? Why can't you hit McLaurin? Why can't you hit Terry in the flat on a go route? Why is everything to the sideline where he can't run? You want to use him as a possession receiver because you don't have Curtis Samuel? Fine. Use him as a possession receiver. But you got other weapons. You can't throw, you can't run four pass plays. I, I, it, if you're a football team fan and you've, you've been paying attention for more than, I don't know, five years, this offense looks the same regardless of who is behind center. And that's a freaking problem. And the football team needs to address it. That, that is Ron's department. That is Scott Turner's department. Somebody has to shake him, wake him up, and get him to do something different than bubble screens and out routes. There has to be more in the offense. It's in just four or five nights ago, six nights ago, we saw the Chiefs and the Ravens just dance all over each other. It's exotic to a team like the football team because we don't do any of that stuff. We don't do any of that stuff. We have our best receiver running six yard outs, seven yard outs, occasionally an inside slant and hoping for some miracle that he can get away from three or four defenders in the middle of the field, you know, to, to, to take it to the house. Like that's not going to happen. Antonio Gibson today had no business scoring from 73 yards out. That was a very vanilla play call that Scott Turner called a bubble screen to the right side. Or a delayed screen, I'm sorry, on the right side. And because Gibson is supremely talented, he got to the end zone and he scored and we felt good. And then we saw the funny kick and then we got it back. And then we started driving and then, hey, it's only 14-21. Okay, we have a shot. Offense is doing some things. Can the defense get a stop? Nope, the defense can't get a stop. Okay, should we try another onside kick? I don't know what you do at that point. I don't know what you do at that point. You can't go into halftime giving up 300. This is, a, this is the stat. Listen to this. Bills at halftime, 312 yards and 27 points. If you're an average football team in this league, that's a good game. The Bills had it after two quarters. Two quarters. You can't do that and expect to win games. You can't do that. And again, the... Heineke deserves some criticism this week. Maybe a lot of criticism, to be honest. But Turner deserves more. This team, after an entire offseason, oh, we got weapons and we're going to do all these things. Okay. Well, Gibson fumbled the ball against the Chargers. Maybe cost them the game. We saw Logan put it on the carpet today. We, got, we have fumbles here and there. Okay, that, that's on the players. Taylor throws two interceptions down the middle, you know, one on, one down the middle of the field and one to the sideline today. That's on him. Time of possession, four minutes and a quarter. That's on the offensive coordinator. You can't get two or three yards to keep a drive going. That's on the offensive coordinator. Scott Turner's got to do better. He's got to do better. And then we can talk about Jack Del Rio on defense. I don't know why have it. Why do we have a defensive coach? if he's not going to make adjustments. And this is my gripe with Mr. Del Rio. You're getting smoked all freaking half. 
Do something different. You know what? You're not getting pressure with four down linemen. Okay. Do you need to blitz? Maybe try that. I don't know. Maybe try something different. Or go the opposite way. Do what Buffalo does. Three down linemen. Put some nickelbacks in. Just make sure, make sure nobody gets past you. Try to stop their momentum. They got baller, they got stud receivers. Do something different. Zippy. It's literally as if it's as if they're coming out in the second half thinking we're starting over as opposed to continuing the same game. And that's a big problem too. Coaching, like you can't expect the team to just figure it out for themselves, right? The coaches are there to coach them. Just a bad performance, bad coaching, outcoached, soundly outcoached today. Football team, soundly outcoached by the Bills today. Let's look at some of Josh Allen's numbers here. Josh Allen, 32 of 43, 358 yards, four touchdowns. Plus, plus another, what, four carries for nine yards and a touchdown on the ground. Five touchdowns. That's a nice fantasy game. But this isn't fantasy. This is real life. I, again, I said it at the jump at the start of the show. I don't think he was touched. I watched every single play. He was hurried a few times. Okay. He, there was no pressure, no consistent pressure. I didn't see many blitzes called. And anything that anytime they did send extra players, you know what? The Bills did a hat, you know, hat tip to them. They did a great job picking it up. The offense lacks creativity. The defense does too. And they've got to figure this out. Like this is a this is again this is a big problem. If you're Jack Del Rio and you look at this box score, how do you give up 29 first downs? How do you let a team go nine of nine for 15 on third down? How do you how do you allow that to happen? How do you let a team run 77 plays, only two punts? And conversely, if you're the football team and you're Scott Turner, how do you only go two for 11 on third down? What like? For every team in the league, if you're in a third and three, third and four situation, you've got probably a handful of run plays and a whole playbook of passing plays to get those three, four, three or four yards. If the football team needs two, and we're being really honest with ourselves, if we just need two, we're not going to get it. Any fan watching the game is going to look at it and say, there's no chance we're going to get this. There's no chance we're going to get this. We can't get this. That's how I felt watching the game. And I've been watching a lot of Washington football for many, many years of my life. I have no faith. And again, Scott Turner, you got to do something different. You just simply have to do something different. Let's talk about the wide receivers for the Bills. Let's talk about what the Bills did. Is it a great group? Is it a great receiving core? I think you could argue it's it's almost a great receiving core. It's a very talented core. It's a very I mean it, it's a very capable receiving core. I think if they play the way they played, if they play half as good as they did today consistently, the Bills may not lose another game. Look at their stats. Look at these stats. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. We know him very well. NFC East former foe, right? Cole Beasley. Eleven catches. 98 yards. Emmanuel Sanders. I know a little bit about Emmanuel Sanders. I watched him. I, you know, this is a, one of my wife's favorite players. She's a Broncos fan. Five for 94 and two very nice touchdown grabs. Stephon Diggs, local boy, right? 
one of our guys here in the D.C. metro area, went to Maryland. Stephon Diggs goes six for 62. And a very quiet 62, by the way. And he had a couple called back. And then Dawson Knox, again, preview show. Both of our guests from Buffalo this week said the same thing. The top three, those guys are going to eat. But watch out for, for Dawson. Well, you know what? Four for 49 and a beautiful touchdown grab himself in the end zone. Everything they said came to be. Everything. And on the defensive side of the ball, boy, did these, these Bills have a pretty good defense. Look at these numbers. Leading tacklers. Just listen to this. The top, top three tacklers on the team today. Edmonds, Milano, and Hyde. Six, six, and five. You know what that's called? That's called balance. Something we don't have in Washington. By you know, let, let's look at let's look at what Washington did. Let me find their box score. Let's look at this one together. Let's look at what Washington did defensively. Cole Holcomb, ten tackles. Kendall Fuller, eight tackles. Cameron Curl, six tackles. All right, it's not super out of out of line or out of whack. But you know what the problem is with Cole Holcomb and his ten tackles? At least eight of them were from behind because he can't cover anyone. And he's being put in extremely difficult positions to cover tight ends that are significantly better than him. At least, look, I'm not challenging him as a football player and I'm not challenging him as a linebacker. But as a linebacker, he's not the guy on our team who's going to go out and stop an average or an above average tight end. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Jamin Davis, two really big tackles, three others that, you know, were nondescript. Jonathan Allen, big money. Jonathan Allen, three tackles. Chase Young, Chase Young got right this week, right? Several sacks, lots of pressures. He looked good. Chase Young, three tackles, no sacks. Chase Young, total sacks on the season, zero. These are not good numbers. Montez Sweat. Two tackles. Two. Two tackles. William Jackson the third. Lots of lots and lots of defended passes. Lots of defended passes. Deron Payne. Painful. Zero tackles. Three assists. You're not gonna win games when your team performs that way. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And again, on the offensive side of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball, McLaurin, four catches, 62 yards. Gibson, one for that 73. So let's just put that one aside. Let's, 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 let's put it on the side. Let's leave that one out. Logan Thomas, four for 42. Nice touchdown grab in garbage time, but still, nonetheless, nice touchdown grab. But the fumble, the fumble killed them. Cam Sims, one for 15. Humphreys, one for seven. Deami Brown, one drop. One called back. And then again, Heineke, two interceptions. You're not going to win any games. You're not going to win any games. Not Forget about many. You're not going to win any when you play like that. Again, the phone number The phone number to call in, 855-908-5668. You can also send in comments on Twitter. I'm seeing a couple. Most of them I'm not going to say because... the. Most of this is things I would want to say, but I'm not going to say about how poorly the team played. And you know what? That's fair. And as fans, I think we're allowed to be upset. I think that's okay. I think that's allowable. And I think I think it should be encouraged, to be honest. We all have to mourn together and get it out so that we can go about our lives. Because this team was embarrassing today. 
It's very hard to wear this hat tomorrow when I go to the office, my Washington football team hat. It's very hard to wear the gear. It's very hard to put the flags on your car. It's, it's already difficult to get ourselves to go to the to, to FedEx field to cheer for the team. This type of performance, is it, it can crush a fan base because there isn't much positive that we can really pull out from it. And that's just the honest truth. It's the honest truth. Josh Allen got whatever he wanted all day long. He didn't, he didn't challenge William Jackson very much. He did go after St. Juice a lot. But, you know, overall, okay, he's a rookie. He's going to have to keep improving. Some of this comes with the territory. But if you're the coaching staff and you're get, you can't get any pressure, either send more people or give up on sending pressure and just make sure no, you don't get beat consistently in the middle of the field, which is what was happening. It, was, it happened over and over and over. And again, if you're Josh Allen, he's just licking his chops. He's standing tall in the pocket, looking left, looking right. Do I want to go this way? Do I want to go that way? He's just picking and choosing which way he wants to go. And good for him. The Bills look like a real team. The Bills, they look much better in week three than they did in week one. You know, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you know, you lose to the Steelers. You weren't supposed to lose that game. Then you go and you beat the Dolphins, but you weren't supposed to beat them by 35 and not allow a single point. You know, they're looking at the football team and saying, all right, this is the first, this is the first challenge we're going to have with a defensive unit. Now, again, admittedly, the defense was not good, but the Bills looked great. And you can't take that away from them. They looked really good. They looked really good. Coming out of the, coming out of halftime, you know, going into the third quarter, offense again, first possession, super vanilla, super boring, no creativity, nothing, no motion, no no end around, nothing. It just it just looked bad. There was one end around, and it got and Micah Hyde just blew it completely up. But team didn't look good. Team didn't look good. You know. And there was one thing that caught my eye and I went to Twitter because I couldn't believe it. And I, I made a comment and the comment kind of, it, it went like mini viral. At 8.40, with 8.40 left in the third quarter, I turned to my wife who I was watching the game with and I said, it was right after a, a Josh Allen pass attempt. I said, I think that's the first time that I've seen anyone on the D-line raise their hand to try to deflect or bat down a ball. And, you know, she didn't care. She was like, okay, maybe, whatever. But I went to Twitter and I put the same thing. And you know what? I was right. And a whole bunch of other people said the same exact thing. And everybody started commenting on why isn't this, why isn't this a point of emphasis for the team? These are big boys up front. If you can see that the quarterback is winding up to throw, why aren't we timing our jump? Why aren't we trying to put some obstacles? And similarly, why aren't the linebackers trying to tip balls? Most of them were sailing right over their head anyway. Why not jump up and try to do to try something, do anything to give the, the you know the secondary a chance? Maybe maybe we get lucky. We almost got lucky today with a you know almost got lucky. Fuller almost had a pick off a helmet, if I'm not mistaken. But that's just very odd. It's a very odd observation that you know halfway through the third quarter is the first time we see or I saw someone actually jump up and try to deflect a pass. That's really odd. That's really odd. And it doesn't, I mean, not only is it odd, I don't know why it's not, a, again, why is it not a point of emphasis? Why isn't the, def- like, you can't get to the quarterback. Okay, how about you fall back and then jump up, try to deflect the pass, do something. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe you get an interception. I, I don't know. It's just a very weird observation. You're getting no pressure. And on top of that, you're not even attempting to, to distract the quarterback. You're just letting him, you know, 
dink and dunk and just very, very weird observation. But again, it occurred to me, I put it on Twitter and boom, everyone was like, yeah, that's weird. Why doesn't Deron Payne lift his hand if he can't get to the quarterback? Why is Chase running out of the frame every time on every play? I know he's fast and I know he's good, but the coach has got to look at that and say, hey, Chase, like if the TV camera can't spot you because you're running that far behind the quarterback, maybe we need to try something different. Maybe. Maybe. Again, conversely, maybe if the defense isn't on the field for 12 of 15 minutes in the first quarter, maybe they're a little bit more fresh to actually do something else. I, I don't know. What am I like? I'm just a fan watching on TV, and and I'm I'm as Steve always says, it's the eye test. Something isn't right. Something isn't right. Fourth quarter, penalties back to back. Washington football team gets backed up inside their own 15 yard line. Gibson gets a good run in there, and then Diami drops a third and seven. That would have been not only a first down, but a, a nice chunk play as well. And at that point. You could just tell. The team is rattled. Quarter's almost over. We're heading into the fourth. The score is, I mean, it's, it's, it's insurmountable at that point. And, you feel, and at that point, that, that's when you start to think about, all right, what's for dinner? Like, what, what, are we, what are we doing next here? What's the next thing we got to do? It, again, they just didn't look good. Fourth quarter, I'll sum it up like this. Lots of, lots of bad play calls from Scott Turner a really bad spot on fourth and one. There was two plays that I think I'm going to, when I, when I watch the game back, I'm going to, I'm going to try to figure it out. Was, was Logan's knee down on the fumble? I think the answer is no. I didn't, I didn't obsess over it at the time because it looked like the ball was moving before the knee actually touched down. And then the other one was the, uh, the fourth and one conversion or the third, the third and the third and short conversion with led, which led to a fourth and one. That Taylor Heineke ultimately tried to QB sneak and got you know got knocked back into another dimension. It looked like a bad spot. If he was touched as he was breaking through the line, his knee did touch early. If he wasn't touched, then he definitely got the first. But again, we're talking about a twenty-one to forty-three game. Like there's there's no there's no twenty-point play in the playbook. Last I checked, right? So it's just one of those things that I'm curious because statistically, it looks like they they didn't convert a third down, which they I think they did. And then they didn't confer to fourth, which should have never happened to begin with. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. There was also a, a missed roughing the passer call on the first and goal throw to McLaurin when when the team when the football team did get into the red zone, you know. And then obviously the the game ends as far as I'm concerned with a Logan Thomas touchdown, a good one, a good a good good throw and catch, good play call. But again, did the team really do enough? Did they do enough to win this game? Did they deserve to win this game? And again, I I think the answer is no. I think the answer has to remain no. It's just, you've got to do more. You've got to do more. And and that's just, that's the honest truth. You can't allow the defense, listen to this statistic, the Washington football team defense is allowing 60% third down conversions, uh, conversion rate through the first three games. And that doesn't even include when they allow it because of a penalty. And if that doesn't want to make you throw up, I'm throwing up in my mouth just thinking about that. This team has a ton of work to do. They are not in a good position at all. 
And something has to give ultimately. I mean, something has to give. The schedule doesn't get much easier either. We got you know, I don't I don't like to be that guy and look forward. But I don't know where they're going to get a I don't know where they're going to get 7 or 8 wins at this point. Lose to the Bills, go into Atlanta next week. They should win that game, but again, Atlanta didn't lose. I mean, Atlanta played okay last week against the Bucks. Then they're, you know, home for the Saints, then the Chiefs, then the Packers, then the Broncos, then the Bucks, then the Panthers, then the Seahawks, then the Raiders, then the Cowboys, then all the NFC matchup. My goodness. This team, this team has to focus. This team has to get right quick. This team needs this team needs help. And Ron Rivera has got to slam the door and make it super clear. We are going to do things the way I want them done moving forward, or we're not going to do them at all. Because this performance today, it was embarrassing. And again, mark my words, you're going to hear that word a lot this week in Washington. This team's performance in Buffalo was simply embarrassing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Contender Network. My name is Joe. The show is Defeating the Curse, DTC. You can find it on every platform. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Until next time, oh boy, I hope there's a next time. Let's go, Washington.